and welcome everybody to AATB Draft Talk. I'm joined, as always, by our draft guru, Tom Barnett. Um, we're going to break down the tight ends. Tommy's going to go over his uh, top 10 mock draft. Some surprises in it, which will be pretty fun to talk about. Uh, but we're going to do that. We're going to give you a couple players to watch this weekend. Uh, there's a good slate of games this weekend. But uh, how's everything going, Tommy? Glad you're you know, joining us again, as always. I'm doing and, pretty good, yeah. But uh, are you ready to get on this uh, top 10 mock, which was kind of fun because a couple of teams moved around, so it gives us a little bit of a uh, different scenario than we've had you know, the previous few weeks. Yeah, I've got a couple of changes in there this week. Uh, some of that might not be that popular, but we'll, we'll kind of see here, I guess, as we got going. Uh, uh, I'll get it started. Check it in, Steven. But uh, we'll get started off, and who is – the number one pick was kind of, you know, uh, yeah, same so, same as uh, we've been saying all along. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, got to They have to take him there at number one. I mean, at this point, there's really nobody else who could go there. I don't, it's it, I don't it's know. a no it's a no brainer. You know, the top player in the draft. You need to restart that franchise. Sam Darnold has been uh, either hurt, you know, not performing very well. They they need fresh blood. They need a new, you know, new signal caller, new franchise guy in that. Um, thanks for joining. We appreciate it. Uh, who does Jacksonville choose? Number two. I'm still sticking uh, same way we've been all along. Justin Fields still at number two. Uh, he he's shown the most out of any of the other quarterbacks. Zach Wilson struggled a little bit uh, when they played that Coastal Carolina game. He was the only guy I really thought had a chance of overtaking him. But I, I still think uh, Fields is a guy at number two. Yeah. You know, Jacksonville, they, they need a franchise quarterback. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew is not the answer. You know, the Mike Glennon, you know, Jake Luton. They, they're, they're, these guys aren't franchise guys. They need to get their franchise guy. And they, ha- they have a plethora of picks and they have a young roster. So, you know, get your franchise quarterback, build around them, and, you know, go from there. But uh, thanks, Jason, for checking in. I know you love the draft show, so we're going to break it down for you. Who does Cincinnati go with? I know we've talked. We've been bouncing back and forth. You're going with the uh, – I'm going, I'm going with Sewell still. You're, you already have – you have your franchise quarterback there. You need to protect him. If you don't, you get what exactly just happened to Jeroboro with the, the injury uh, he suffered a few weeks back. Uh, Sewell's one of the best offensive lineman prospects we've seen come out in a while. You have to take him while he's there. Uh, much more of an impact he's going to have than a wide receiver like Chase, in my opinion. Uh, you you know you build that foundation on that offensive line for Burrow. You know Jonah, Jonah Williams can kind of move over uh, in a more comfortable spot that uh, he needs he can be in. So you know you you want to get those those anchors on the on the edges for uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, like you said, with what happened to him this year, it's it's the devastating injury. You want to make sure you protect your signal car, caller, your franchise guy, your number one pick. So uh, that is a good selection. Uh, so where does the hated Dallas Cowboys go? Number four, there's a couple of ways I can see Dallas going. This one, I've kind of had them uh, right around here uh, my last few times that I've mocked. I'm still going Patrick Sertan. Uh, they they need to address their defensive needs in a major way in this draft. I think the offense will be fine once Dak uh, makes his return. Uh, hopefully, their offensive line gets a little healthy healthier for them. Um, go ahead. 
No, this this pick makes a lot of sense because you look at who they have coming up in free agency. You know, Awuzie uh, is a free agent. Um, you know, Jordan Lewis is a free agent. You have other guys in the secondary and Xavier Woods, who's a free agent. So you need to start building. They have Tr- uh, Trevon Diggs. They have Jordan Lewis. You know, they need to get another guy on the outside there. So Sertan, you know, the best corner available, that does make a lot of sense for Dallas. Yeah. The, the only other way I could really see him going here is maybe with an edge rusher like uh, Rousseau or Pay. Both of them are good prospects, but they're just not they're not the the edge rushers that we've seen come out the last few years that should really be going top five. I, I would build up the secondary first, worry about a pass rusher maybe a little bit later in the draft. Yeah. And uh, with number five, which it's a mover because Carolina is now at number five, where does Carolina go? Number five, I had to switch it up a little bit this week. Uh, last week, if you were watching, I had him going. I think it was Micah Parsons. This week, mm-hmm. I have him going. Ooh, go with the quarterback. Now, a okay. couple of reasons. Couple of reasons we have. Uh, I still think Parsons would be a good fit here. Uh, just picking inside the top five, though. I think if you're a Panthers fan, you have to ask yourself: Is Teddy, is Teddy really the answer long term for this franchise? They can get out of his contract the next season, only five uh, after next season, only five million in dead cap. Uh, if you go with a guy like Lance, he he needs that time to develop. So you're going to have Teddy anyway to kind of learn behind. But uh, I think he really offers much much more upside for them going forward. So bridge, on. so Bridgewater is the bridge quarterback, pretty and much. Trey, and then and then Trey Lance takes over. Uh, that that that's an interest interesting pick there because you know Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't really think he's a franchise quarterback. And there's, there's this draft, you know, with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson still left on the board and, you know, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones. And so Carolina, I feel is going to get a signal caller, whether it's in the first round or if it's in the second round. So if a guy like Trey Lance is there, it's definitely uh, because they went all defense last year. So uh, they're building, they already built, they're building up that defensive side of the ball. So quarterback could definitely be their answer come number five. Now, number six, that go ahead. I was gonna say, I think it really comes down to who they love the most. If your guy is there in the first round, you ha- you have to you have to take him. If you think any of them could be a franchise quarterback, yeah. plus and if then, you, in the first round you get that extra fifth fifth season as opposed to if you wait in the second. Yeah, you only have four then in the second round. But uh, number six, uh, the division rival of Carolina, Atlanta, at number six. Where do you see Atlanta going? I'm still sticking where I've been the last few weeks with uh, Quiddy Pay out of uh, Michigan. He, he's just a great pass rusher. I mean, he, he doesn't have the years of consistent production that we've seen with some of the top guys the last few years, but he's an athletic freak. That's, that's the kind of guy that you like over at the over in Atlanta. That's the kind of guy they like. I, I don't really see them. I've seen some people kind of moving for them to kind of move on for Matt Ryan, but I, I don't think it's time for that yet. I, I still think Matt Ryan's the franchise guy in Atlanta. Yeah, they have to help that defense. Yeah, they have to build up that defensive line. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, they need, absolutely need uh, defensive ends, you know, pass rushers. That's that's their biggest weakness. And it seems like, like I say it every week, it's their biggest weakness every year, it seems. Uh, they try and draft these guys and they, you know, they strike out. But um, definitely – uh, it's a good pick on on their end. Now, number seven is Miami 
because Houston traded the pick. So Miami at number seven, they can go, you know, a number of different ways. And it's funny because they're picking for picking at number seven, yet they're in the playoff hunt. So yeah. it's great for them to be able to build that roster and still have, uh, you know, the playoff berth. Plus they have another first round pick where you see at uh, Miami going. Miami, there's a couple options they can go here. I ultimately, I went with Michael Parsons. Um, I kind of debated back and forth between him and Jamar Chase. I kind of like the idea of going with Parsons early, kind of grabbing a wide receiver with that that uh, second first rounder they have later on, just because there's so many good receivers coming out. If you if you go wide receiver here, the only other linebacker you can really go with that kind of offers the same skill set as Parsons is um, Jeremiah Usukoromora. But you're kind of taking a chance there if he's there. If he's not, where wide receiver, you have a couple more options you can go with. Yeah, and you know Parsons is such a playmaker, and that that defense, you know Brian Flores has really built up that defense in Miami. Um, you know they have cornerstone corners there. You know you got Byron Jones and you got Xavier Howard. So you know they're they're building something, and they have a super young uh, defense there. So that's you know add Parsons in the middle of that defense. You know that's that's pretty scary coming for teams in the in the AFC East there having to face this defense, but um. What a lot of people have been waiting for, uh, number eight is the Philadelphia Eagles selection. And where do you see the Eagles going? There's a lot on the board there. So there's some corners on the board there. You know, there's receivers on the board. Where would you see them falling? And no, they're not going to pick another quarterback. Please tell me you don't have them. Pick <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would love to do that to you guys, but uh, I, I had to give you Jamar Chase, uh, best, best wide receiver in the draft. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like one A one B with him, Devonta Smith, but uh, Chase, Chase is my option here. No matter who you guys are going quarterback this year, whether it's Wentz, uh, Hurts next year, you have to get them some weapons. Uh, kind of hope that the offensive line is a little bit more healthy next year to kind of fix it on that front. But I, I would go Chase here, yeah, uh, Chase. especially over especially over a corner where it's going to take them a little bit more time to develop. Chase could come in and have an impact a little bit sooner. Yeah, and you need playmakers on the outside on in this offense. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard on the inside. Yeah, Miles Sanders, but you need those playmakers on the outside. Yeah, Jalen Rager showing a little bit of something last game. He had uh, a night a nice catch right after the catch, uh, wide open space. But they they need to get outside receivers and chase. You know, number one guy on the board falls to number eight. It's it's a no brainer. You have to take them, but um. I, I, I would absolutely love that choice if he were to fall number eight and you're able to snag him there. That would be great. Um, number nine, Los Angeles, uh, you know, they get a big win uh, last night. So it does drop them down in the draft order, uh, but they got a franchise quarterback already. Uh, they got some players on offense, their defense. They got a, they got a few pieces there. Where do you see uh, Los Angeles uh, going with number nine? Uh, the Chargers are actually what I thought was – probably the hardest pick of any team right now, just based on what they actually do need and the value here. I, I ended up going with Christian Darisaw, uh, offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Who just, just declared. Just for the, yeah, he did. Uh, for the same reasons why I have the Bengals going with Sewell, just because you have to protect your franchise quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert in this case. I could see him going wide receiver also, just to kind of get him another weapon. But it's kind of a case where I, I would go with my my second highest rated tackle on the board here 
instead of trying to wait until the second round, just because it's so important to try to protect Herbert. Yeah, you know, they on the right side, they have, you know, Bulaga's there, but, you know, on the left side, they all they have is Storm Norton right now. You need a franchise left tackle to be able to protect your franchise quarterback last that you drafted last year who's looking like the real deal in Justin Herbert. So uh, definitely – an offensive tackle is I – th- I think that that may be the Chargers' number one need is to get an offensive yeah. tackle. Uh, they need somebody to protect, you know, Justin Herbert. So uh, I think that's absolutely number one. And the other number nine and, you know, Derek Shaw at nine uh, looks a lot better. I know you – before we – you know, earlier in the week, they were up a little – a lot higher because they hadn't played. They, they Since they won, they dropped them down a little bit. So Derek Shaw here, then in the top five – I think looks a little bit better. Um, yeah. But uh, number 10 is your New York Giants. Uh, where do you see, you know, the Giants going and selecting now? They're no longer in first place with the, the loss on Sunday to the Cardinals. Uh, so that Washington now is in that spot. So that's why we don't see Washington on the board here. Um, but where do you see the Giants going at number 10? Uh, number 10, uh, this guy I like a lot. Um wide receiver Devonta Smith out of Alabama. Wide receiver is probably our biggest need on offense right now. They they don't – they need an edge rusher, also a corner. I, I really think uh, fixing the, the offense is the, the biggest the biggest need right now, though, to get Daniel Jones some weapons if he's going to be your franchise guy going forward. Uh, Tate's most likely gone at the end of the year. Leaves you with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Slayton is kind of having a down season after his, a nice rookie season because teams kind of have a little bit more tape on him now. He's not really a true number one. He's more like a number two guy. I feel like adding Devonta Smith will kind of open him up a little bit more and make some plays. Yeah, and, you know, you have a guy like Sterling Shepard who's a slot receiver, a very good slot receiver. You have, you know, a Slayton could be a number two. You get the Devonta Smith, and then you still have Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley coming back. So that yeah. offense looks – pretty good because the, the offensive line is starting to play a little bit better and they're very young on that offensive yeah. line. So um, they're adding the pieces, the building blocks, um, you know, to that team because the defense is very good, very talented. And, you know, that's, th- that was their main thing throughout the whole season is their defense. It's just their offense has been the struggle point on that team is just trying to score points. That, that that's their toughest thing. So um, Devontae Smith would be a great addition, um, you know, to, to that offense. And we didn't we didn't put um you know Jason's coming on the the Parsons uh, pick for the Dolphins yeah Dolphins D is already good but for Jason the Lions I think if uh, if if the Lions at I think they're at number twelve if Jalen Waddle's available I know we don't want to go receiver first round for the Lions because they always go receiver but that's that's a pick that I would make for them they need some um, playmakers on that offense but uh. You know, we're going to start getting into the tight end now rankings. Um, uh, the top 10 tight ends of the upcoming draft. Uh, this this group has a lot of playmakers. Uh, I like uh, a lot of these players that are in there. The, the top is very – like the first three, maybe four, you can, you can kind of say that I, – I know the top two guys we talked about um, yeah. have been like the mainstay – but there's such an athletic group, and that's what the way the game is now. So 
I'm going to give you uh, my top um, my top guys. I'll start my list. And first, number one, it's, it's, it's with everybody's basically uh, right now. Kyle Pitts from Florida. He's just been, you know, phenomenal. Now, he has missed some games. So that's where, you know, you get to be um, – a little bit wary of it because you know the injury concern. But 36 catches, 641 yards, 11 touchdowns this year. You know he's he's so productive on that offense where there's so many different weapons. But he's he's great route runner, uh, uses his body well. He's just not a very great blocker right now. But I think right now he'd be the number one. I'd probably say he'd probably go. I say late first round is kind of the projection that I would kind of put on him. But uh, um. You know, Kyle Pitts definitely is number one for me. I know he's number one for you as well. Yeah, yeah, I, so, I have him right at the right at the end of the first round. I don't really like taking tight ends too early. Like they just don't they don't always pan out when you take them. Like Hawkinson's not really there yet. Like Ebron. Like I feel like the Lions are over there. You keep throwing yeah. wide, wide receiver or tight end, you know? <laughs> yeah, Ebron and Hawkinson. Yeah, the, the Lions like to take. Uh, all the, all those receivers, yeah. We keep bringing up bad memories for Jason. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> number number two guy. I know we both have the same number two guy as well. Uh, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. Uh, you know he can he can line up all over the place. He's a matchup nightmare with his size. Uh, they kind of nicknamed him Baby Gronk. I know they did that like last year, talking about kind of like the similar skill set that he has. But six five two fifty. He only played four games this year before uh, being um, being sidelined for the rest of the season for surgery. But twenty three catches, three hundred ten yards, and a touchdown in just four games uh, is pretty is pretty good. Um, twenty nineteen, he had forty three catches, five hundred seven, and seven touchdowns. So um, he's you know he's basically I would say he's one of the best tight ends in Penn State history, and Penn State's developed a lot of great tight ends. So. Um, he has to be a little bit better on the boundary, but he can block, he can line up. He's a wit, like I said, a willing blocker. Um, I, like I said, I can see him going late first, early second round. Definitely. Um, but I, I like everything I see at him being a Penn state fan. I, I see a lot of him, um, but he's just, he just always makes plays. Yeah. I, I like what you kind of touched on this a little bit. I like what he offers as a blocker. I think he's kind of like the most complete tight end because he kind of has both the receiving and blocking where Pitts is more of just kind of a receiver at this point yeah uh number three i got brevin jordan from uh university of miami uh he's a superb athlete uh, he's a threat on all levels of the defense uh he can attack you in multiple facets um he needs to improve his route running a little bit but 30 catches 480 yards five touchdowns uh six three 245 uh, but you know He's he's another one that I'll he'll probably go in the I'd probably say he goes in the second round or so. But an, another guy that you know a playmaking tight end it just seems like that's that's the style these days. You you know that's what tight end is basically a bigger wide receiver now. Um, but you know Jordan I really like uh, as super athletic uh, type of tight end this year. Yeah, I think he's a good vertical threat. Uh, he has some nice speed on him. He kind of able to create some yards after the catch. Uh, kind of the same thing with injuries, though. He cut, he missed three games this season with a shoulder injury, so that's something I keep an eye on too. Yeah, um, 
Might also not much of a blocker. Yeah, that's he needs to. He's he's a willing blocker, but he has to improve on on that. Yeah. Um, my number four guy is Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Iowa State's having a great season, so a little bit of uh, more eyes are you know on that offense and you know one of uh, Brock Purdy's targets. Strong hands. Uh, he has a very great catch radius. He's massive, six six two forty five. Um, he's not super fast, but you know, he, he causes so many mismatches and 33 catches, 446 yards and five touchdowns, uh, is a pretty, is a pretty solid season for, uh, the tight end. So, um, I like him. I, I feel like he's a little bit of a riser. He's starting to rise up. Uh, a lot of people are getting to know his name and to know who he is. I think a lot of that has to do with Iowa state playing so well and, you know, a, you know, you know, them playing very well, he's making plays. You know, it makes the scouts uh, kind of keen on him. Yeah, uh, the, the only thing I don't like about him, he's actually like my number five that I have on my board. Um, just the top end speed isn't really there with him for him to stretch the field vertically. And he kind of kind of lacks on creating separation a little bit. But he is so good at, good at um, those contested catches, which I do like about him. It's kind of messed up for him a little bit. Who's your number four guy? No, number four, I have Hunter Long out of Boston College. I, I saw this one stat of him. Uh, th- this is the highest yards per route amongst any tight end since 2015. Number one, Kyle Pitts this season with 3.3. Number two, you have Hunter Long last season, 3.2. Number three is George Kittle, uh, 3.1 in t- 2015. So it kind of shows you like what kind of impact he really does have for that offense. He kind of flies on the ra- under the radar a little bit. Yeah, he's actually – granted, he has played 11 games this season where most other guys haven't, but he leads all tight ends and receptions and receiving yards this year. And he's going to play in the senior bowl, so he's going to give him another chance to kind of shine in front of people. Yeah, and um, I have him as my number six guy. Uh, my number five guy is Jake Ferguson from University of Wisconsin. Uh, super upside tight end, I feel. It, it, he struggled because – the quarterback play at Wisconsin through his career has not been very good. So, of course, the numbers aren't going to really show you. And the way Wisconsin uses their tight ends, um, you know, they use them more of the you know, the blocking, which, you know, he is a willing blocker. He has to get a little bit stronger. Um, but 26 catches, 249 yards, and four touchdowns. Now, Wisconsin's only played a few games this year. They haven't played as many games as uh, Boston College or any of the yeah. ACC teams. So, like I said, the numbers are going to be a little skewed when we give like the stats because some teams have played a lot more games than others. But, um, you know, I he, he's played all over. Uh, they play him in the slot. They play him down in line. So Ferguson, I feel, it could be a little bit of a riser. I, I like him um, just because of the offense he played. And he played in, a, you know, Wisconsin is a pro-style running attack type of offense. So you know that, you know, that their tight ends have to be willing blockers. So that's – that's something that NFL teams can look for to find a guy in the later rounds that they could use as a blogger, use as a third tight end to be able to make a roster. So I like Ferguson's upside. Uh, I think he's one of the, one of the tight ends I like as um, you know, getting them a little bit later, but has the most upside. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I mean, there's not really that many good blocking tight ends in this class. So I I can see his value being a little bit higher just for that fact alone. Yeah. Who's your next guy on the list? Uh, at six, I had Kenny Uboa out of Ole Miss. 
Uh, this is his first season at Ole Miss after playing four years at Temple, but he's having his best season yet uh, against SEC competition. Uh, 19.4 yards per catch, and he's just been a big play threat for them all season long. Uh, against Alabama earlier this year, he just went off with 181 yards, two touchdowns. He's good at finding those soft spots in the zone and just creating yards after the catch. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty high on him. Uh, just for he also is kind of a local kid for me, so I'm a little yeah. bit higher on him. Uh, kind of rooting yeah. for him, but yeah, he's he, I think he uh, grew up and he well he went to our rival high school and yeah, and he uh, was from I think he's from Allentown, so it's literally yeah. a few minutes from from us. So. Uh, yeah, super, super local kid. I do have him on my list as well. My next guy is Hunter Long, who you've mentioned. Uh, like it's, he's a very good – he's a good blocker. Uh, he runs time routes. Um, but I, you kind of mentioned everything with him. Um, the, nec- the next guy that that, uh, that you have on the list, on your on your list? I had, I had Ferguson next. All right, so you went with Ferguson there. Um, I have – I have a different guy um, next on my list is Nick Eubanks from Michigan. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of stats this year. Now Michigan hasn't played a lot of games. I think they've only played four games, maybe four or five games. Uh, he only has 10 catches, 117 yards and a touchdown. Michigan's quarterback play has been absolutely awful. Uh, their offense in general has just been uh, pretty downright bad for um, Jim Harbaugh has been the offense just has looked so stagnant. Uh, but Eubanks has a long frame and, you know, he, he causes mis- mismatches and he can separate from man coverage. So he's a type of, a type of player you probably can get later in the later rounds. Um, but he has, he has upside as well. It's kind of like a, like the Ferguson with the, it, it's tough with the tight ends because if they have bad quarterback play, it's going to really show up in their stat lines. Uh, you're not going to have, them have uh, you know great seasons if they don't have a very good quarterback thrown to them, which Michigan's had I think three different quarterbacks, so it's a you know, pr- pretty tough on him. But I think he's he's kind of one of those one of those players to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think I think part of it comes down to like this separating the player from the scheme that they're in. Also, like kind of like you were touching on with uh, Wisconsin there in Ferguson, where he's just kind of utilized as more of a blocker. We don't really get to see what he offers up in the passing game. And that's why it's good to see some of these kids going to the senior bowl and these college all-star games, because you get to see them in a different setting where they could possibly be featured and see what they look like. And that's why also the combine everything. I know the numbers with the combine and just because someone runs fast doesn't mean they're good. You don't really look at that. You look at the individual drills, the catch drills and you know, everything like that. Um, But uh, who's, who's your next guy on the list? Uh, next up, number eight, I have Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. I'm pretty high on him. I think he's one of the more underrated tight ends in this class. He's just a gifted athlete, not not too bad as a blocker. Yeah, if you kind of look at his his size and his production, it's kind of similar to what Dallas Goddard was able to do playing for a non-Power 5 school. But um, he's been a big-time playmaker for them this season. Uh, Ten avoided tackles, 7.8 yards after the catch. Uh, his hands can use a little bit work, uh, five drops on the season, but with with his speed and big playability, I, I kind of think he's kind of like a poor man's version of Evan Ingram, who was picked pretty early by the Giants and, a few years back. And the thing thing with him, like like I said with Iowa State, is Coastal Carolina is undefeated. So 
you know, a lot of eyes are going on, you know, the BYU game and all these, these national televised games that people are watching, you're getting to know more of these, these, uh, these players that you wouldn't really know too much about. So, um, he's definitely a guy to keep, keep an eye on, especially with, with the way they're, the way they're playing. Um, the guy out of my next guy out of my list was someone you mentioned already with, uh, Kenny Yaboa, uh, you know, lanky tight end, um, you know, played at temple. Uh, he was utilized at the wide position. So, uh, he, but he played, he plays in multiple spots. You, you mentioned the, the big game he had against Alabama. Um, yeah. who do you have next on your next on your list? Uh, next up, I have James Mitchell out of Virginia tech. Uh, I kind of like what I see, see from him as a run blocker. He split time last season with Dalton Keene at the tight end position. Uh, this has been kind of his year to kind of take over and see what he's been able to do. And he's been a, he's been a good threat for them vertically uh, all season. And I don't know if you saw, uh, I think it was last week, he had that really, that really nice one-hand, one-handed catch on the sidelines, kind of put, put my eyes on him a little bit into a little bit more of his film from this year. And I was pretty impressed. Yeah, because now he's out of the shadow of Dalton Keene, so more eyes are you know on him. He gets that that opportunity. Um, the next guy I have on my list, um, you know, Peyton Hendershot from University of Indiana or Indiana University. Um, you know, he's not super highly regarded. Um, I don't know. I just every time I watched him, I just felt like he made a play here. He just he seems like that prototypical NFL tight end. He's great. Run after the he's like a run after the catch nightmare. Um, he wants contact. Um, he's not easy to bring down, so he kind of fits this you know uh, hard nosed tight end style. Twenty three catches, one hundred fifty one yards, four touchdowns. Um, Indiana's only played I think seven six games this year, uh, so you don't have a ton of games uh, played. But I feel like he's he's definitely a guy that uh, I really like in terms of his skill set. So. Uh, he's definitely uh, a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, ne- next up, I have Noah Gray at a Duke, who I, I don't really view him as a traditional tight end. Uh, he's a little bit undersized, only weighs 235, and doesn't really offer much as a blocker, uh, kind of due to a lack of strength. But I'd kind of like to see Noah Gray utilized more as like a receiver. And kind of out of the backfield, he's able to really uh, make some plays as a receiver. So I, I'd like to see him kind of in a creative offense like that. Yeah, you know, Duke's not the you know Chase Bryce has not played uh, you know very well this year. Uh, the Clemson transfer. Um, my last guy on the list, uh, I have it was mentioned in the the comments up here. Uh, Trey McKitty, uh, it's the guy that I have. He's uh, former Florida State University tight end. Um, he six catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown for Georgia. Wasn't really featured or used all that much. Um, kind of, he can be used as like an H back, um, but he can play basically anywhere. Uh, very fluid athlete. He's a sleeper prospect. Like uh, this comment here, uh, you know, he can develop in the NFL. So he's he's kind, you know, that type of guy um, that. You know, he can, you get him late in late rounds, you know, see what he has. You like his skill set and uh, definitely coming from Florida State to Georgia. Unfortunately, he wasn't used very well, but uh, he's definitely got it to, uh, to look forward in the NFL because he's, he's, he's an NFL tight end with his skill set. Who's your last guy on the list? Oh, my, my last guy was uh, Noah Gray. 
was no gray. So yeah, I I actually uh, debated back between him and uh, McKitty at that ten spot. So here are my rankings: uh, Kyle Pitts number one, Pat Firemuth number two, Brevin Jordan three, Charlie Kohler four, Jake Ferguson five, Hunter Long six, Nick Eubanks seven, Kenny Yaboa eight, Peyton Hendershot nine, and Trey McKitty ten. Now there's another guy on the list. Uh, I'm going to bring it up since, you know, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and this player have something in common. But University of Louisiana Monroe tight end Jacob Peterson is Doug Peterson's son, six five two thirty two. You know, it just I watched one uh, one game live of University of Louisiana Monroe, and they seem to he's their basically their only receiving threat on offense. So he was featured a little bit, but, uh, you know, he's, he's somebody that, uh, you know, maybe the Eagles will take him if Doug's still the head coach, but, um, yeah, but he's definitely, uh, a guy to keep an eye on, uh, later, later rounds, undrafted free agent type of player. Um, but do you have your, your graphic for the tight ends? Oh Yeah. Um, so number one, let me put it back up there for you. Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, number two, Pat Varmuth, three, Brevin Jordan, four, Hunter Long, five, Charlie Kohler, uh, six, Kenny Yaboa, seven, Jake Ferguson, eight, Isaiah Likely, nine, James Mitchell, and then 10, Noah Gray. So, uh, rounds out our top tight end rankings. And, you know, there's a lot to like here. Uh, there's a lot of athletic players uh, in this class. So I think it's a position that um, that your New York Giants could, could look at because all they really have is, you know, they have Ev- Evan Ingram, but I feel like that's someone um, they could possibly go for a tight end uh, in the draft. I think the Eagles could also, if they decide to part ways with uh, Zach Ertz, you know, you have Dallas Goddard, you know, Richard Rodgers is a free agent. It's definitely an option later in the draft for the Eagles as well to pick up uh, a player. I know they have like three tight ends on their practice squad as well, but um, definitely a position that they could look for look at if they decide to part ways with uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, this, this is a much better class than we saw last season, in my opinion. Yeah, and we're going to talk lastly about some – Players to take a look at this weekend. Um, Tommy's got two players, and I have two players. Uh, all of you started off, Tommy. Uh, who are the players that you like uh, this weekend? I went with uh, two uh, smaller school players. Uh, number one, I have Jalen Darden, uh, wide receiver out of North Texas. Uh, I think I talked about him a little bit in a previous episode. Uh, they're going up against uh, App State this week. Uh, Darden, he's a little bit of an undersized slot receiver. He's only 5'9", 174. Uh, he's more of a shifty receiver. Who ha- I think he has a chance to really rise up the boards based on his production this season. Uh, he has 19 receiving touchdowns, which is tied for the second most out of any player in the last five years, and he, he did it in just nine games. Yeah, he's an impressive route runner. Uh, seven, t- seven TDs over the last two games, and they'll be going up against um, – I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, their corner, uh, Shamar Jean Charles, who's been one of the best corner guys, cover corners uh, in college football this season. So, so it's a it's a very good matchup against uh, you know, like matchup, one, of the, yeah. one of the top. So if he you know produces, it gives them um, you know something else 
on his uh, resume there. Yeah, I've seen Charles is usually more on the outside and Darden's more in the slot, but I'll be interested to see if they kind of shift uh, him over to the slot to, to try to pick up the biggest weapon. Yeah, with 5'9", 175, he fits that you know slot type of receiver role with the the size yeah. you know they, they they can move him out you know there's uh certain things they can do uh, with him but he's he's putting up some uh some numbers there in north texas who's your second guy second i have uh romeo dobbs out of nevada they're gonna go up against Tulane. Uh, i feel like there's really not enough people talking about how, what what romeo dobbs has been do- doing this season with carson strong I mean, I think Carson Strong, he he's kind of a sleeper to go high in the draft next season. Um, Dobbs, he's great after the catch. He's explosive. He can be used as a punt returner, too. He, and he's a little bit of a bigger guy than Dobbs is, at least at 6'2", 200. You can play him at the outside or in the slot. He has a little bit of experience with both. Yeah, and, you know, his quarterback is helping him a lot with the, you know, little light, like we've said, if you have a very good, talented quarterback, you know, can make everyone else around them look even better. And Romeo Dobbs has has that in Carson Strong. So he has a good quarterback to be able to show off his skill set. You know, that's that's huge with college football. That's why it's you can't really look just at numbers because some players, you know, go off the charts, especially in the air raid offenses. You gotta look at their skill set. You gotta look at a little bit deeper in terms of just looking at the numbers aspect. Um the two players that I went with, I went one defense, one offense. Uh, the first player um, is going to be playing in the ACC championship game is safety Nolan Turner from Clemson, 6'1", 205. Um, you know, he isn't the fastest player, but he's smart and he is athletic. Um, he, he matched up against uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire multiple times uh, last year, and he did pretty well. So he fits in the NFL because of his, you know, his size. He's bigger. He can play in the box. He can cover running backs, can cover tight ends. Um, you know, he can do a multitude of things. So for him, and he's also former Eagle, Kevin, Tur- uh, the late Kevin Turner's son as well. Um, but 44 tackles, five tackles for loss, three interceptions, two pass deflect uh, deflections this year. Um, he seems to always make plays. He's always around the ball. You hear his name a lot um, in that Clemson defense. So, I think he's kind of playing a little bit of the role of what Kayvon Wallace played uh, last year. He's kind of taking it even further, playing a lot more uh, this year for Clemson. But he's definitely a, a late round, a late round player that could definitely help a defense, especially with a lot of defenses, um, you know, implementing three safety looks, uh, you know, more than half the game with the way defenses are being run now and the way um, offenses have so many weapons. Um, <clears throat> My next guy is kind of a guy under the under the radar. Um, he's not putting up huge numbers. It's Velas Jones Jr. from the receiver from Tennessee, uh, six foot, two hundred pounds. He's a return specialist. Um, he's super fast. Uh, Twenty two catches, two hundred eighty yards, and three touchdowns on the season for Tennessee. But half of his half of his twenty two receptions and all of the three of his touchdowns have come in the last two games. So they're starting to feature him a lot more. So, you know, going into the draft season, whether or not the, – the one question with him is, does he stay for basically a sixth year? So that, that, that's the biggest thing because the, the eligibility uh, stays yeah. the same. So Josh Palmer is going to be leaving, who's another receiver for Tennessee. So 
Vellis Jones could stay. Um, he, you know, he could wind up uh, staying that extra year to add uh, to his um, stats and everything like that. And but I like I like him. He's transferred from USC, so he didn't get much time at USC. But you know, watching him, you know, he's got speed, and I think that his biggest thing is um, his hands aren't the best, but. You know he he's a he can do a bunch of things. You know return specialist. He's um, he's showing out the last few games of season. I'd like to see him in an All Star game to go up against um, other top uh, corners and you know get to show even more what he can do. But he'd be a guy I'd be really interested to see run the forty and see how fast he really runs. But uh, he's definitely a player to keep an eye on. Yeah, it'd be nice to see kind of like where he stands with the 40. That'd be good for him to try to uh, raise his stock up a little bit. Yeah, and just, you know, trying to get some some players this weekend. Uh, there is a handful of games with the conference championship games coming up. And then uh, next year we'll be going into the the uh, the bowl season. And, yeah, Bellis Jones could be a, the jet sweep type player. He kind of reminds me of a player that fit great with the Rams, with Sean McVay, with the way they implement their receivers. But um, you know, this this weekend you got some go- uh, great games, some uh, top teams matching up against each other. So uh, just before the, the the bowl season starts um, next week, we're gonna you know start talking about the offensive linemen. Um, we're gonna you know dig into that. Um, we also are going to probably have a uh, NFL draft prospect on our show. If not next week, the following week, uh, I'm not going to announce it because I don't have the details totally set, but that's something definitely keep your eyes peeled. Uh, You know, we're pretty uh, excited to uh, have this, have this gentleman on um, to uh, talk a little bit about the draft process and about his uh, college career. So that's something that Tom, uh, Tom and I are uh, super stoked uh, about. Uh, But Next Friday, we will not be on uh, because it's Christmas night. We're going to be on next Saturday. So uh, just make sure you uh, you pencil that down. It'll be next Saturday at, at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, Tom and I will be on to talk about the offensive line prospects and um, you know talk about that. I just want to give thanks to everyone that tuned in tonight. Um, I want to give thanks to um, uh, at Last Out Media. Um, I would like to give thanks to uh, at Athletes Hub uh, and at Heat Ratio Sports. Uh, everyone that uh, supports us, uh, we appreciate all our writers at all about the, uh, all about the birds, uh, dot com. Uh, you check out the great articles. Um, check out the shop uh, atbirds.com slash shop. Uh, there's some great merchandise on there. Um, you know, you know, you just. Uh, you know, we appreciate that, and uh, we have a little bit of a commercial to run um, before we get out here. But I want to thank you again, Tommy, for uh, joining me, and uh, you know, we'll get ready for next week. Yeah, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, I'm gonna end it with a uh, go Giants. <laughs> you would do that, but uh, here's a. Uh, it's all right. Here's a couple uh, commercials here to.